0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions. Decisions On your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability, the potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, (NASGA) is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our show. This is TS Radio Network and Marty Oakley. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Senate hearing on guardianship that happened yesterday. We are so excited that our voices are starting to be heard. There's a lot of pros and cons that were going on in the Senate hearing. And we have today, we have... Of course, Reverend Ralph, and we'll be updating on the shenanigans in Montgomery County Courthouse. And we also have Angela and Elena, and they have been on numerous times. And I am so grateful that all of you are here to support us while we fill in for Marty. We hope to have her back in a few weeks. We have definitely missed her, but she's listening, and she said she's been proud about the job that we're doing. So thank you. Although... We need to we need to report because Marty's the nice one, not me. So I guess Reverend Ralph and I got in trouble. We are harassers. So Reverend Ralph, I discussed this topic with somebody, and I would like to know, and I would like everyone, you know, Elena and Angela don't even know what I'm about to talk about. So this is going to be really good to pull them on what they think when. There's an election that's happening here in Wisconsin next Tuesday, and it's something with the state Supreme Court. So there's two candidates running for this judge's position in the state Supreme Court, and I have gotten so much mail, each candidate saying bad stuff about the other candidate, and they just fill my mailbox with all this trashy mail. And so my question to you, Angela and Elena, if you knew that your neighbor was – A guardianship attorney or a guardian or a judge and they were performing the kind of duties that we see in all this corruption that they were you know locking people away isolating from their families and stuff would you want to know that you had a neighbor that was doing something like that just I'm just curious Angela would you want to know that your neighbor was doing this to other people I absolutely would want to know that because that would make a difference
3: on how I would vote and how, you know, the kind of person that I am going to want to, you know, serve in that office. I want someone that's going to be honest and going to treat my family correctly and right and
2: trustworthy and faithful. So, yes, I would want to know that. Elena, would you want to know if one of your neighbors was some sort of guardianship attorney that was locking people up.
0: Oh, absolutely. Hands down. No questions asked. Because it affects how you would affiliate with them, how you would support them. For me, it would affect it. And maybe because I know personally what it does, and maybe the average person it wouldn't. But for me, I know personally what they do. So absolutely, it would affect it. I wouldn't want to fraternize with them. I wouldn't want to be neighborly with them. You know, all of that. You know,
2: and what's really interesting is there was a local um, Pennsylvania hearing, and there was one of the – and the reason it all started is because there was one of these senators whose last name was, I believe, Hayward. Correct me if I'm wrong, Reverend Ralph. And the reason why he wanted to co-sponsor this bill with Representative Baker is because his neighbor – who lives in montgomery county pennsylvania was put into a guardianship and he was abused in that guardianship so it happened to a state senator's neighbor so here we go do us do we want to be notified when we have neighbors that are behaving this way now i'm going to tell a story and this is a true story that did happen in montgomery county it happened many years ago and there was um I mean, shocking, there was a judge and there was an attorney that were doing bad things, doing their racketeering like usual, and this person whose loved one was in a guardianship decided that she actually should go and notify the neighbors. Now, one of these people lived in a gated community with video surveillance. So what she did was she wore a burqa. I don't know if anyone knows what a burqa is. It's a religious mm-hmm. dress and you're covered, you know, from head to toe. And, and it's legal to wear a burqa in the United States. So she wore the burqa so that when video surveillance, you know, they saw a lady in a burqa and she waited for someone to go through in the car. And then she was the, you know, they let her in and she did go and talk to the neighbors of these terrible people that were, had put her loved one in guardianship. And She did it. Now, if you go up to a house and there's like a no soliciting sign, you might not want to knock on that door. But otherwise, you know, Jehovah Witnesses are always knocking on your doors, different religious groups, people who are politicians are always knocking on the door. It's not against the rules to go and in a peaceful way, go and knock on doors. And I, the first thing that I would do is I would ask that neighbor, if you knew that someone that lived near you was doing this, would you want to know? If they say no, they don't want to know, then don't tell them. But, you know, that's that was already done. And I know that that was a very satisfying and rewarding excursion that this unfortunate victim of her loved one that she went out and went door knocking in her burqa and so there we have it reverend ralph i would like you to update us more on this topic and what do you think about this that someone went door knocking in a burqa
4: well good afternoon everyone nationwide and worldwide As far as going door-to-door, this is freedom of speech. Uh, If you see a sign that says no solicitors, well, you should respect that. But as far as going door-to-door, that's freedom of speech, and it's freedom of expression. Uh, The people have a right not to uh, want to talk to you. Uh, If you're going door-to-door selling Girl Scout cookies, people have a right to say no, thank you, and goodbye. But... As far right. as some of these, uh, what I've heard uh, from someone, uh, that if people do send out letters through the U.S. mail uh, informing neighbors of a person in their neighborhood that is a guardian or a lawyer for a guardian and they are abusing that person, they have a certain, they have a, every right through sphere, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of expression to contact those neighbors through the U.S. mail. Now, what's interesting is some people will put letters in a mailbox to save a stamp. The mailbox is property of the U.S. government, and I am known uh, mailmen, not male women too, I don't want to discriminate, Uh, I have heard where uh, these postal workers will take those letters out and to simply trash them because they were not sent properly through the U.S. mail. So uh, what people should do if they want to expose these people and put forth their uh, freedom of speech is to mail the letter. Now, I emphasize, and I've said this before, if you're going to contact uh, these neighbors – or send a letter to the lawyer or to the guardian themselves criticizing them, never, never say anything that is threatening to them in any way. That is can be called harassment, or it can be called uh, making a terroristic threat. Now, do not say something like, I'm going to get you someday, or you'll be yeah. sorry you did this. That is wrong, and that will... or. It can, but it usually does get you prosecuted for harassment or making a terroristic threat. State what you want that person to know. Now, you can say any type of foul language you want. You can say they're a pile of dog poop. You can say their wife must, would be disgusted if they ever knew what they were doing. You can say things like that. But please, nothing pertaining to physical harm or the threat of potential harm to the person. I say that to make sure everybody knows it because I don't want anybody to get in trouble with it. So uh, one of the points I want to talk about uh, is I want to welcome a special guest. Well, not a special guest. They listen every week. That is David Jaskowiak, lawyer in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. My ex-lawyer had made a comment to me a couple of days ago that he listens to every podcast show that is done just to find out what people are saying about him. And no, we, have huh? <laughs> we, have yes, we have a we fan. Huh? We have a fan. We have a fan. That uh, And again, cause you know this guy, David just because I also yep. know him personally. Uh He is the court-appointed lawyer for my loved person, who's been nothing but a crook, a thief, a liar, and a con man. And we always say, or I always say, we often talk about people who are these crooks and con men as guardians and lawyers for guardians, and we say, we will talk about you. We will say the facts about you, and if you don't like them, you can call us on the show, and we will put you on, and you can defend yourself if you can in any way. But what's interesting, Kaz, is with all the shows I've done since November of 2021, not once have any of those people ever called us up and said, you are wrong, I did not do this, or I did not uh, do the things that you're claiming I did. That tells us our scorecard, which is we always win because we bring the facts out. We don't lie, we tell the truth, and we're ready to defend our facts. So... Koviak, I hope you enjoy the show today, because what you've done to my loved person and to other people is disgusting. And what's interesting is, when I first met Koviak two years ago, he told me that his daughter was getting married up in Massachusetts. And as usual, the father of the bride pays for the wedding. I wonder if someday, I wonder what his daughter will think of him When she finds out that the happiest day of her life, her wedding, was bought and paid for with the blood money of elderly people that had a little memory problem. And that he stole money from these people just to pay for his daughter's wedding and for a little better lifestyle that he could not afford to make on his own. And I wonder what his wife would think about him like that and the rest of his children. I just Hmm. wonder. Because here you have a guy that has no problems with stealing from people just to compensate for his lack of ability as a lawyer. So welcome David Justkowiak from Glenside, Pennsylvania. Now, yes. one of the, um, one of the number. No, go ahead. If you'd like hey, to man.
5: respond, if
2: if you'd like to respond, Mr. Justkowiak, hit one, and I will see you and I will patch you through. So we have a full board, but. I'm sure that you're on and listening, and I bet someone that you love, Reverend Ralph, is being billed for this for the listening. So, you know,
4: Coz, that, yeah, go ahead, cause.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I also know that you had another situation that happened up there. It's just ridiculous. Like, you can't even, like, send flowers.
4: Oh, yes, Did yes. Did you want that, to tell that about that? Week. Yeah. Oh, uh, my I goodness. Got, it 's unbelievable about these people, uh, first of all, uh, I picketed again this week up at the courthouse oh. and when uh, I, I sent the picture to you, cause, so when you get it up, that'd be great but when you when the people okay. see it on the Facebook section, shenanigans in the public uh, in the Montgomery County Court, you will see that i 'm wearing a woolen hat. And gloves. Well, it was very cold on Wednesday, about 30 degrees with a wind chill factor. So, yes, I was very cold. Uh, and I was there about four hours. Uh, the police never bothered me. They saw me there. They walked back and forth across the street. Uh, lawyers saw me. They basically didn't pay any attention to me. And I had a couple of nice people congratulate me and uh, wish me well for what was on my sign. So it was a very good, uh, a worthwhile day of picketing, and I plan to do it on a regular basis and make up new signs every time to get the message out. So I want to do as much as possible to expose the corruption of the judges and the guardians and the lawyers for those guardians in Montgomery County. Now, the uh, another thing I wanted to mention, um, so at this time... I cannot see my loved person, who will be 98 in a month, uh, because I am not paying any more, $75 per visit, to see my loved person in a nursing home because of the lies that the guardian, uh, the person, and uh, supposedly staff at this nursing home have been making up about me for the last year. Claiming I get this person. I have, a, you. I have yes. a quick question, Reverend. Yes. Did
2: the guardian, did the guardian of this very much loved person, ask this loved person if this is what they want? Because if they're representing this loved person, they're they're supposed to be doing their wishes. I'm just checking. Do you know if that happened?
4: Uh, the answer is I do not know, but I do not believe. The loved person was ever asked because that's not the policy of these corrupt guardians, and that is a good point. Because the fact that
5: Thank it you. is,
4: it is the right of that uh, incapacitated person to express their wishes and what they want, and it's the obligation of these guardians and the lawyers for these guardians or mm-hmm. the lawyers of the uh, person of the incapacitated person to do what that incapacitated person once. So basically, because I am on a very limited uh, income now, including some welfare, because of all the money I've spent on lawyer fees, trying to get my loved person home for the last year and a half, uh, but I was forced to pay $75 by the judge, Judge Weilheimer, to see this loved person, and that $75 would be used to pay a monitor to sit there four feet away from us and listen and make reports of everything that was said. Now, originally, a year ago, the staff was doing it for free. They'd sit maybe 20 feet away. But their purpose was only to see if I got this person agitated by my visit, as was claimed by the staff, which, again, if they had asked this loved person, they would have said absolutely not. There was no problem with me because sh- this person and I have been a very loved couple. Well, a very they and I have known, had a long, you've long loving loved
2: person like your whole life, like a pretty correct. long time.
4: That's yeah. correct. So, um, so I had to have for the last four months this spy sit about four feet from us to make notes of everything we supposedly have said and uh, to submit reports to of that effect. Well, the problem is the guardian of the person pan picked this monitor, and this monitor was told simply to put lies in the reports in order to build a case against me to eventually deny me all visits until this person dies. Now, that shows you what kind of cruel sadists these guardians and these lawyers are. So Yes, uh, they like
2: to isolate.
4: That it's is part correct. Of, part
2: of, they, get their, they get their dollies off of that. Yep. Oh,
4: very much so. Very, and it's, a, it's by the playbook disgusting. nationwide. It's their nationwide yep. playbook. Isolate that person. Demonize them. Make that person look like he's the worst thing that ever came to this planet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I saw what was happening. And because of those lies in the reports, and some of those lies were so obvious, I'm able to prove them that they were lies. We were always denied by Judge Weilheimer, my ex-lawyer and I, we were denied subpoenas to find out who this person was. Specifically, what was their training and qualifications to listen, make notes, make accurate quotes while continuing to listen to the conversation? Why did Judge Weilheimer refuse to let us get that information? Unknown at this time, even. So consequently, wow. here's a person who doesn't may not have any training whatsoever, is unemployed. So I'm basically forced to pay some unemployed person, unemployment, uh, to do this job. So what happened was the reports were clearly lies. And basically, I saw what was happening. So because of the lies, about two months ago, my visits were reduced from three one-hour visits a week to only two now, still paying $75 per visit. So finally, two weeks ago, I told my ex-lawyer, I'm not doing it anymore. I am not going to pay somebody money in order to have lies written about me that will lead to my being denied visits with this loved person. And the lawyer for this loved person is David Jaskowiak, who never asked Hmm. the loved person what this person wants, whether they want that type of monitor, because he wants things his way. He believes he is superior to whatever person he's supposedly in charge of. So what happened was I decided on Wednesday, since I can't call the person or call him or see him, Without paying for it, I decided to drop off some flowers, some newspapers, a vase, and a couple other little gifts to uh, to this person at the nursing home. Now, I stayed outside, and I gave these things to a visitor. I said, would you take them to this person? And they said, of course. So oh, that I was stayed so outside. Sweet. I did not go inside. So... What happened was, three hours later, I get an email from my ex-lawyer who said, what did you do today? You went inside to see this loved person? I said, no. I gave those things to a visitor outside. I knew not to go inside. And the fact is, if you go inside the doors, the receptionist, you have to have your uh, uh, temperature taken with a computer and Mm -hmm. you have to register. So if I didn't register, obviously I was not inside, so I could not have seen this loved person. So this is what kind of lies they just make up in order to basically demonize you and just pile it on. They don't ask you what your side was, and the lawyer for this uh, guardian, a person, his name is Fad Gelsinger, who is in a very large law firm in Reading. And he just likes to make up anything he wants to without asking what my side was. So that was how that little incident went today, or Wednesday. So I don't know if this loved person ever got the presents and the flowers and all that I sent to this person. But I wanted to finally con- talk about or mention something I found that the listeners and you, Cos, would be very, very interested in. I went to the Montgomery County website the official Montgomery County, Pennsylvania website this week, and I looked under guardianships, and you're not going to believe this. Now, as everybody knows, there's two types of guardians, guardian of the estate and guardian of the person. So here's a paragraph that was in the Montgomery County website pertaining to guardianship, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting, the role of either guardian is to represent the rights and best interests of the incapacitated person. The guardian should honor the expressed wishes and preferences of the incapacitated person to the greatest extent possible. The guardian must always act in the best interests of the incapacitated person, unquote. So in other words, <laughs> the rights or what the, the rights of the incapacitated person may not be written down, and I've not been able to find them. So it's basically how much the corrupt guardian can get away with and by BSing yeah. the family into thinking that whatever the guardian says or does, it's legal, when in fact, it may not be. So here you have a paragraph from the official Montgomery County website that talks about what the role is of the guardian to the incapacitated person. And this is what we find out all the time. The guardian does not care about the incapacitated person. They do not want to work with the family. They do not want to keep the family as a part of this situation. They want to own that person and deny the loved people, the husbands, the wives, the children, the right to see their loved person in the greatest need of these people's lives, usually because they're losing their memory. Now, that is one of the Mm -hmm. saddest things that a person goes through. They know they're losing the memory. Their children, their spouses know this, and this is the most important time of their lives to have people, the family, love them, surround them, and support them. But that's not what these guardians do. They literally believe they own these people and that's where it is most disgusting. Now something it's else so I disgusting. came across. Yeah. Something else I came across before I conclude, Kaz. That this rights of the incapacitated and so forth reminded me of something else. The Geneva Convention. Now, the Geneva Convention started back in the middle 1860s uh, during the Civil War. And what I found under the rights and the Geneva Convention pertains to uh, mostly soldiers in battle, when they're captured, what their rights are, what the uh, prisoners can or cannot do, and what uh, and what the people, the, the army, if they you know have these captured prisoners of war what they must obey for them, their rights and all. Because, again, prisoners of war have rights under the Geneva Convention. And these are some of the things I thought were interesting. Under the Geneva Convention, prisoners of war have the right to practice their religion and send and receive letters. Prisoners of war cannot be subject to mental torture. They cannot be denied information of any kind. And I think that's very interesting, the fact that the guardians don't even give the incapacitated people those rights. Because I've heard too many times where the, uh, the incapacitated people are denied, as I said, the visits from their loved ones. Uh, they're denied mm-hmm. letters. They're denied phone calls. Uh, the loved person of mine has been denied a phone in their room for over a year and a half. They cannot even call their friends. This is, this is less treatment than the Geneva Convention guarantees prisoners of war. This world is getting crazy, and these guardians are basically letting the kid loose in a candy store. So, Kaz, I'll yeah. send it back to you.
2: Well, you know, I hope that you got a screenshot of that Montgomery County statement, because that could be used against them, because they're going to take that down fast, the fact that you found that. So while they're worried about how to stick it to you instead of finding solutions, we had a Senate committee meeting and we are so excited. We're going to have Angela and Elena and we're going to talk about it. And we're also going to mention the star witness came from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. But anyway, before we start that next conversation Angela, we are going to do a special memorial for your mother. Angela's mother's name is Marion Rose. Marion Rose succumbed to her injuries from an abusive guardianship in Portage County, Wisconsin. And Angela has a beautiful poem that she would like to read in honor of her mother. Please, Angela, we can't wait to hear it. Thank you, Cause, and thank you.
3: I want to say thank you to Marty and you, Cause, for giving people a voice, uh, something that the courts don't do, and we really appreciate that you given given us a voice. Um, we appreciate the show, and I just want to I just wanted to make two comments that while Reverend was talking, um, one of the comments would be. Um, with with what is going on with our court system i talked with an author in wisconsin who wrote a book on guardianship and she she had mentioned that all the laws are there form laws the bills the laws they're all there we don't need any more what we need she said is for those laws to be enforced that is not happening in our court system is that our laws are not being enforced. the judges are not you know standing by the laws and enforcing those laws, and that is the problem. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about before I um, go into the poem, if you don 't mind, that may help some um, some of these people that are under guardianship and those loved ones. Um, I was talking with Kathy Bossy. She's done a lot of work with this, and that is mail fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud. Um, If you have an attorney that is, you know, that is doing the the guardian of a state, and that attorney is, um, if they are billing clearly excessive fees, Charging legal fees now. If they're charging their fees as an attorney, legal fees, for non-legal services, so that attorney would um, do the attorney rates for administrative tasks such as depositing checks, paying bills. Those results in clearly excessive fees. So that is one issue. They are not allowed... charge their attorney fees for paying bills for that ward. Um, Another, If they fail to scrutinize fees that are requested and weed out hours that are excessive and redundant or unnecessary. So as an attorney serving as a guardian of state, they may not serve as a self-appointed role as a comforter as a helper, as a handholder, under guise of a legal service at lawyer's compensation rate. So this is considered fraud. This is considered fraud and can be considered mail fraud or wire fraud, depending on if the attorney has sent his or her last accounting, say the award dies, and they have sent the last accounting, or even if they haven't say they're 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 going to um you know they're going to step down and they send the last counting even if they do that um if they do that and um they mail it to the family or the interested parties, it is self authenticating if it was filed and stamped with the clerk of courts official. This could be filed with the Department of Justice with the elder law prosecutor. So you'd want to go to the Department of Justice, talk with their elder law prosecutor, and say that this attorney has been billing excessive rates if they are billing under their attorney fees and not billing under a guardianship.
5: Feed.
3: so i just wanted to let you know that or the listeners know that so that if this is happening they have maybe some recourse and they're able to do that this happened with my mom this was what was going on with her they were she was charging you know um attorney fees and doing these kind of services um kathy Bossi has done an excellent job she's also gotten recognition she also talked with the U.S. Postal Service person, and that Postal Service was, you know, on board with her because this is mail fraud. And um, wow. she she also got in touch with the. Um, she turned this in with the um, Department of Justice with the Elder Law um, Prosecutor. They said she's done a lot of research. They were just amazed on how much she has done and that they, you know, they, they, but interestingly enough, it's been, you know, a year and they still haven't gotten back with her. So, you know, they know that this is going on and they know that this is not correct. So um, I
2: just wanted to bring that. This that great informa- great yeah. information for everyone to go check out those bills. Now in Montgomery County, I don't, I never saw itemized bills for Harvey. They just would write them every month or every quarter and they'd make up some random number and I, you know, in the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, we have that mm-hmm. in a video up at Shenanigans in Montgomery County Facebook page, just an example of their bills. Just, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm.
3: But it's, it, if it's filed with the courts, that's self-authenticating. You can, you know, use that to, because that's proof, you know, that's proof that yeah. it's been filed. So I
2: don't know. It's, yeah, they would just do these blanket into- bills. I think they just, yeah, in Montgomery County, they just write numbers. That's all I ever mm-hmm. saw. Did you ever, do you ever see any, any actual bills, Reverend Ralph, of what's being charged?
4: No, I've never even seen the bills because I had a lawyer at yeah. the time who's been doing it. But now since he's quit. Uh, pro- probably next week, uh, then all the documents are going to start being sent to me. And the billing is usually like every two months or three months or so. But I'm going to, officially, I'm going to deny all of those bills because all it is is billing hours for lawyers just to talk to each other. And nothing is going to or listen
3: to you on a podcast.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, who knows what they're charging for that. And also I have a question. Yeah. What about travel time? These lawyers like to talk oh, about yeah, they gotta, travel time. Oh yeah, that, they gotta they,
2: charge for that.
4: Can they bill their regular rates for travel time or less? No. They, they can't bill anything
3: for attorney rates. They ha, it all has to come under guardianship rates. So if they're charging anything with attorney rates, it is it is cost fraud. They cannot do it.
4: Oh okay, well that could be I, the I, smoking gun. Okay, I, I mm-hmm. sort of, I want to cl- make sure I understand this uh, correctly. If they are doing something on behalf of the of the uh, person, of the incapacitated person, a lawyer, if he's representing the guardian, are they allowed to charge their lawyer rates or not? I am not
3: familiar with that. I just know if they're acting as guardian of oh, the...
4: okay. Okay, if I understand that now yeah mhm, yeah,
2: so basically, if you're listening to a podcast, you shouldn't be able to charge your regular guardian rate versus if you're doing lawyer stuff.
3: Correct, mhm,
2: yeah, so that sounds like what that is yes.
3: correct, mhm, yeah, they have to charge you know the rate of the guardian, not an attorney's fee, mhm.
2: Ah, well, let's jump in to this Senate hearing. Okay, do we, you can I can I do the poem oh with real quick? the poem? Oh my gosh, I almost, okay. I got so excited. Yes, please do. Yeah. Do you mind? Okay. Yes, so, it's a good one.
3: I wrote this poem for my mother um, when she was going through all that she was going through, and it was a way of me kind of you know, making my voice and, and, you know, saying the cry of what she was going through. And it's called Crushing the Rose. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter how hard your forefathers and you worked. Penny-pinching to build up a life savings when the court and those you selected want your heritage to satisfy their greed cravings. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter how much you declare your wishes and desires to have your family care for you and your finances. Guards the desires and takes an anthropological stance. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter that your husband and you, with your honesty and good character, were pillars of the community when the powerful court players ignore due process, and size the de- defaultcation opportunity. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter if you were the president of the civic lead and helped many for the good of men when the court-appointed guardians have publicly proclaimed ownership, now a prisoner under them. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter that your family tries to be your stolen voice when retaliation and isolation are the result prohibiting your choice. Imagine when crushing the rose that it doesn't matter how many times your family's heart is full of pain seeing your fear-ridden eyes swell with tears. As you plead for them to come back inside with mouthing, please don't leave. As your family is forced to turn away in such agonizing pain, when the court-appointed strangers dehumanize your family unit resulting in isolation, leaving you to endure hidden abuses, Stain. imagine when crushing the rose, it doesn't matter if there are laws by which you and I must abide by, When the court system initiates its own under which it can hide. As John Lennon said in his song, Imagine, you may say I'm a dreamer. I dream of a world where isolation is abolished. And as I walk through the Rose Garden with my daughters, the music of my own choices chimes through our ears. May we not be ignorant to believe that this is not our fate or your fate. As we remember the wisdom of Hubert Humphrey, Martin Luther King, Jr., and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, may our hearts hold the truth that we may be held accountable for how we treat the vulnerable, that justice anywhere threatens justice everywhere, And silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Written on the behalf of Marian Rose's voice. And that is, and I yield it back to you and to,
2: um,
0: thank you. Oh my God. My beautiful.
2: It is. My eyes are tearing up. It's just like the emotion that is in there. And with everything that your mother went through, oh my gosh. I mean a lot Thank of you. there's a lot of documentation that we've done during during mm-hmm. this. I don't know if Reverend knew Angela's mother was the hotel heiress. They owned three hotels including the Portage Convention Center. Right up there mm-hmm. near the Wisconsin Dells. So it was I mean so tragic, but it was so obvious they wanted everything that your mother and your father had worked so hard for. Mhm
3: mm-hmm. thank
2: you and Penny so awful. yes, mhm, thank you, yeah, okay. yeah, but you're but what an honor to your mom that you wrote something that really resounds to everybody, and that you're still advocating for others, so that other families aren't going to go through. What what you went through, what what mm-hmm. all of us have gone through. Every single person on this call is a victim. Mm-hmm. Their loved ones are trapped in guardianship, and that's why we are kind of the expert on this because we've all gone through it.
5: Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. Well, let's if switch had- to our topic. Yeah. Yes. We we had we had a win. How big of a win is it? We're going to discuss that. So yesterday, the Senate, Judici- or not, the Senate uh, Committee on Aging had a hearing. And you, if you were not able to hear it, if you just Google that, there, there's a whole bunch of different ways. You can watch it on C-SPAN and on YouTube, and you can see the whole hearing and hear everything yourself. And they had four. They had four speakers. There was, you know, a bunch of these senators were there, and then there was four speakers. The first speaker was Tina Peon. Tina is her mother is a victim in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I'm gonna just say I bet you that her attorney dropped a deuce when she heard <laughs> who was speaking, because as Tina testified. They, this attorney, and we will save the name, we will reveal it later, but Arthur and I have both personally dealt with this attorney, so we know of the true evil nature of this attorney. This attorney tried to force her and her family to sign a gag order that included not speaking to law enforcement. Tina revealed that in her testimony that she did She went down to Washington, D.C., and she testified to this. I thought she did a great job. I thought she was, you know, wow, it was powerful. I feel that she affected people that were listening to it, and I really thank her for representing not just Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, but she represented the whole United States. One thing that was interesting is we talked about sending in these letters, And they had mentioned that almost 400 letters were sent in. He said that about 40 different states, they represented 40 different states and the territories of the United States. I would just like to point out Australia is not a territory of the United States because we do know that our our fans and our friends there in Australia were representing. And they sent in letters, too, because halfway... On the other side of our planet they are going through these same struggles and they also wrote in senate letters and so we want to thank our friends in australia and the group asca for representing and helping us out here in the united states of america and writing those and we know you are not a territory of the united states you are your own country and that was um an unfortunate misrepresentation that they um that they included Australia as only a territory it was a whole nother country so thank you thank you thank you everyone who sent in I do believe you can get copies of all the letters under FOIA they have been put into the record and they are keeping it open for until like April 7th, 7th that you can write like you can question the different people did
0: you guys catch that oh no I didn't catch that but I yeah can, so
3: yeah but the problem is, I called Washington, D.C., and I asked, you know, the aging department. I, I said, I can't find it online. Where is the bill? And they said they don't have it out yet. So how are these going? How are they going to be able to respond in that time
2: if they don't even have it out yet so that people can review it? So what I picked, I have not seen it either for people to review, but it appears that from the questioning that they let tina review it because they asked tina in the hearing if that bill had been enacted would it have made a difference for her and her family and she picked out four examples that would have made a difference and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head one was going one was going to be that they want to do supportive decision making and that full-on guardianship would be a last resort now the legislature if they pass these laws, the judges are going to have to prove that they tried these other alternatives first, because that is what is in the law, is the supportive decision-making. And I know that NASCA, the National Association of Stop Guardianship Abuse, is very much in favor of that as a better situation than what's going on right now with the full-on guardianship. So she did mention that that would have been something good. I remember her saying uh, judicial accountability, so there must be that is in the bill. She also said that you could report malfeasance of the guardian and that the guardian, based I mean, in my opinion, the guardian risks the lives of their ward by their lack of compassion and care and only caring about lining their pockets and isolating the families, so that those sort of things, that there would be some sort of a way to report these crimes. Right now, when we go to, and I just know in Pennsylvania, because that's where I had to report crimes, anytime you call, it will get kicked back and, oh, that's a court issue, that's a court issue, that's a court issue. And so the racketeering is just so close-knit that no other agency will even go in and investigate what's going on. So it looks like based on what she got to see, and we might be able to have her come on. That would be amazing. Um, what they could see, well, this, what this she could see, that must have been something that was in that bill that she had made comment on.
3: Yes, they do have a draft made up. And the when I called Washington, D.C., they said they would send me a draft. Well, that was yesterday. It hasn't been sent yet. But you can okay. get a draft. He didn't know when it was going to come out for sure, but he did say we could have our senators write in to comment, correct? Is that correct?
2: I know they had said something about something was open until the 7th. So is that something that we should be contacting all of our senators? Like, I know Tammy Baldwin here in Wisconsin, she used to be on that committee. She was raised by her grandparents, and I do honestly believe she has a heart for the elderly. But So if that is something that we should be contacting Tammy, Senator Tammy Baldwin, about, we need to know so that we can get those letters because I'm confused.
3: Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They said have your signature comment on it. So I think we need to... Yes, what you're saying is correct. Okay. We need signatures and Okay, call them. this
2: is good this is good information for all the listeners. So then Angela and I will definitely represent with um Tammy Baldwin and with Ron Johnson. So that he's which you know, both offices that we've been able to have nice conversations with. So Carson. Angela. Angela, you do so much in Ohio too. Now Elena, you have a firecracker rep in the House, that Jim Jordan. He is running up a judicial – yeah, the judicial – some judicial accountability where he claims that the judicial has been weaponized against the citizens of the United States. What are the people talking about in Ohio about this?
0: Well, I don't know anything about Jim Jordan, actually. I'm writing that down um, because I'm going to write him, too. But I want to write J.D. Vance. To go to the sorry I'm, I'm writing Jim Jordan down I think everybody listening from Ohio and I'll bring it forward to the, the gals that I work with in Ohio Jim um, yeah. Jordan's name but I want to write to JD yeah. Vance because I I've been a huge champion of JD Vance like people that I've talked about this video said oh my gosh he's your boy you're you were such a champion of JD Vance and I was so and it's true I have been but I was so disappointed in his lack of knowledge or ignorance or intentional ignorance or I don't know what's going on, being paid off, being manhandled in the position he's in. But I was really disappointed in him because um, he said he was positive about what Ohio was doing. Ohio was not effective. Um, this guardian education. Yeah, we were hearing praise about-, about Ohio. In right, the, this in Ohio the testimony. This, yeah, this Ohio guardianship education they're talking about is total crap. These courses mean nothing, and I guess the bottom line is is, and I guess JD begins to asking this, which I think is an honest, good question. I'll say that is a family. What's the difference between a family member or a professional guardian? Usually, of course, I think a family member is better but I don't think a family member should have no oversight either because I had a family situation. And if you have no enforcement or no accountability, that's the problem. That is the problem. The judges don't have enforcement or accountability because they don't want to ruffle the feathers because it's all moneymaker. You know, it's all moneymaker. Yeah. They don't want to ruffle the feathers, period. Yeah,
2: I would agree that family should have oversight just the same but I feel the the crimes that we hear about I haven't heard about a family member do I hear it's all professional guardian and in fact when I was at the Wisconsin um, social worker convention that I was allowed to go speak at it was the Mm -hmm. same the woman I sat next to the woman with APS and it was the same thing she said it was Everything, there was also some state attorneys. It's all the professional guardians that are causing the problems and was the concern is what I was hearing coming out of Wisconsin. And, Angela, it, you would agree you were having to deal with professional guardians and um, APS not behaving in the the best way that they could there in Portage County.
0: Correct. Absolutely
5: correct. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I would think and professional then, guardians are the worst. But if you have a yeah. person that's in total control, and let's just face it, money is the root of all evil. And some people can feel right. entitled, whether it's family, whether they're outside parties. Whether, there's, you know, there's going to be a to this, whatever the premise is. If there's money to be made, if there's money to be had, and there's a way to get through, slip through the cracks. And the biggest thing is the judges are not holding these people accountable. And the judges aren't accountable themselves. So, of course, they're going to get people payoffs. Well,
2: in our opinion, we all think that, and in our opinion, I mean, and I've only had to deal with Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, but I think Reverend Ralph would agree, there has got to be some sort of payoff that these judges are getting, and I'd love to figure out how it's happening. I did talk to an attorney in Wisconsin, and he told me usually how it's done is, the judges will go on vacation and their buddy paid for them to use, you know, paid the Airbnb fees and paid the vacation. They're always buying when they go out for dinner, like little things. Um also I have heard that there is like when they do these inventories and they go into the homes, they take all the jewelry and the antiques and everything and they don't put those in the inventory in the town. and they give those yeah. And then they sell them at flea markets and stuff to make some extra cash.
4: Tough, so
2: but it's, it's hard to prove all that.
4: Cause this is Reverend Ralph. Uh, I have a comment on just what you just said. Uh, one of the things I did when uh, my loved one was uh, literally kidnapped from the house, uh, what I did was I took my cell phone and I took maybe 2,000, 3,000 photographs. I took photographs of the outside. I took photographs of the inside. Basically, as my way of trying to make sure this person uh, remembered all the nice things in this person's house. But what I did was specifically I took a picture of every chair, every painting, every picture, every plate, every lamp, everything. And that was just to protect my loved one's financial interest, because if they do what you just talked about, just claiming, oh, there wasn't really anything of value and this and that, well, I have documented yeah. proof of every little item in that house. So well, I can Reverend, prove – yes, go ahead.
0: Reverend Ralph, like I wonder, first of all, I wanted to tell you, thank you for sharing your story, and I'm sorry for what you're going through with your loved one. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Really Thank you did some really great information. But what you said just struck a chord with me because I did the same thing in my situation, taking photo documentation and all of this. I did all this, this that you're saying you did. Just so you know, just so you know, I did all this that you did, and in the end it didn't mean anything. I went to the police. I went, I went everywhere. I went to the court system everywhere, and nobody would do anything because it was obviously gone. It was obviously gone. Well, that, oh. I, I
4: agree I agree with you on that, the fact that once it's gone, that's why I'm fighting the eviction of me right now, because they, uh, the Guardian, the lawyer for the Guardian, and Jess Kobiak and all, they've been trying to evict me for the last old four or five months, and I know – that once, if it happens, and it's on appeal with the superior court, that has been filed, the appeal. But I know mm-hmm. if that ever happens, if the superior court comes out against me or uh, anything else, if I'm evicted from the house, that's like that's the end of the game where everything can be taken. Uh, Weilheimer and her little people will come in, take what they want. I'll be ordered to stay away from the house. So I know the it, it's like the vultures – uh, you know, sitting yeah. on the telephone lines after a roadkill, they're just waiting for their meal. And this is mm-hmm. what, and just what you also talked about. That, uh, cause as far as instead of direct cash payments to the judge, it's strictly paid yeah. for items like a credit card that nobody ever knows about. Uh, and that is very true, cause there are other ways. There are many ways to get around getting re, uh, re or getting payments for favors. That, as opposed to cash in an envelope. And this is something that people don't understand. And those, uh, what was it, about 12 years ago, those two judges in Lucerne County, Pennsylvania, that were yeah. convicted, uh, where they were sending tens of thousands of children to a private prison for kickbacks. This is to two judges in Lucerne County,
1: and oh. they were sentenced
4: each mm-hmm. to about 20 years in prison. Now, what's interesting was, They didn't get convicted of what they did. The IRS got them for not paying taxes on what they were paid, like a free condo in Florida and other favors like that that basically nobody could ever find out about. You know, leasing a car, uh, like leasing a Rolls Royce or something, there'd be no way that uh, anybody could find out that uh, person A leased the car. But they allowed the judge to drive it anytime he wanted. There'd be no way that could be ever discovered. So yeah, there's many no.
0: ways criminals yeah. can
4: find many ways to get around things. Oh Thanks. yeah, they're,
2: uh, right. they're
4: experts. It's
2: white like yeah, they, well, yeah, they're not. I mean, they're not stupid. You just have to wait for them to mess up. Now, those Lacerne County isn't that one county over from Montgomery County,
0: Reverend? Uh,
4: I,
2: Is that right there? I'm not
4: sure on that. I'm I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I can't.
2: I thought I I thought I had looked it up. I thought I had looked it up on a map, and it's right over there. So, I mean, it would be reasonable to assume that all these different municipalities know each other, and they all, you know, they probably brag who did the best scam, in my opinion. But, yeah, uh, there's a documentary. It's called Kids for Cash. And many of these children committed suicide. It's the most heartbreaking oh. thing. Tens of thousands of people going to the FBI and nothing ever being done about this incredible crime that was done to our, our youth. I remember reading one story. It was like the kid that caught smoking marijuana with the friend, which is, you know, that's not a good thing, but it's not, it shouldn't be a death sentence and the parent, I think someone like counseled the parent like, oh, you should have the police press charges on them like to send them a message so they should never do this again. And that child ended up being sent off to this, to this like child prison for that one offense and committed suicide. So I did, rem- I mean, that's horrendous. But, you know, all for money. They, these judges were not ever thinking about what is the right what's the right punishment to fit the crime, it was what's the right punishment to put money in my pocket, which is the same thing as the guardians and the lawyers. What's the right what's the right choice? Full guardianship, plenary to put money in my pocket. It's not about what does what does this person really want? And so, yeah, the corruption has really got to be addressed. So Did everyone's you- on the fence. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, what's going on with the Senate? Because they're going to have to be able, they're going to have to try all these other measures first and have proof that they've done it. Now, we heard some people are looking at there would be more federal oversight over the states and the guardians, and then some of these people in the states were against that and are like, oh, no, we're doing great. What do you guys feel about federal oversight? Angela, what do you feel? Federal oversight, good or bad? um,
3: You know, I think it's a pro and con type thing. You know, there's disadvantages and advantages of it. Um, You know, in, in some aspects, some of what... I kind of heard it was like, well, they don't really want it to go to federal, some of the people that were on the Senate speaking, because there are other states that are, you know, chiming in, and they're, they're kind of, you know, saying what is working for them, what is not working for them. And they're trying mm-hmm. to get new ideas and how to um, address this issue. And so I think you know in that that aspect, yes, if that's really true, if that's what they're doing. Um, Plus, I know the with the federal, you know, I mean, it could be that uh, federal is going to watch over them. But then, if you get someone in office, you know, um, as we talked about, because you know, and and you can address that if you would like. I wanted to ask you: Did you? uh, Has everybody heard about thirty-one judges? that were talking about kids for cash and they were, you know, it got exposed and so they were recused. Did no. you hear about that? That happened? No. Six, about a year, I think it was about a year ago, six months to a year ago in um, around the St. Louis, Missouri area that these Missouri... Oh. Um, it, and there is a video out. I watched the video, and they are literally sitting around, you know, talking on the phone, and they're talking about Kids for Cash, and they're actually laughing about it. Oh, really-
2: oh, it was like a Zoom call, and they were horrified that yeah. someone recorded it and put it out there.
3: Correct. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Oh, did they ever
2: get in trouble, or did they get away with it? What happened to no, them? No. I never heard. No. It,
3: They, you know, they did get recused. They were, they were, um, yeah. They had to leave the bench. Mm Hmm. Well, that's good.
2: Yes. Mm Hmm. Something like that should have made more national media. Yes. You know, that's like super disgusting. But it's just so commonplace. They just messed up, and someone hit record on the Zoom call. And good for the person who whoever posted it. Wow. Elena, Mm -hmm. what do you feel? Federal oversight, good or bad?
0: Um, You know, I think it's good and bad. I think there should be some state regulations, Um, but I think overall I feel like, you know, state regulations as far as money and finances go and, um, you know, the thresholds for income from state to state, but I think... The federal getting involved in being a blanket maybe not good, but I think I think there needs to be some state oversight. But I think there needs to be some federal guidance on this because it's, it's you know the thing is that gets me with this is it's it's truly a ripping a constitutional right ripping that's happening here. Yeah, um, and that's what really gets me the most. Because it's all federal. It's the heart of it. It's like, this is what our founding fathers fought for. And it's wrong. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's wrong. The happening is wrong. And there, that's yeah. where I think there should like be some federal oversight, you know, because it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's wrong. It's disgusting. You know what I mean? It's, it's just disgusting. I think we can all... That have been victim or have had families that have been victims mm-hmm. of this can get you know. That's my feeling. Yeah. This
4: is Reverend Ralph. Reverend
2: Ralph. Reverend Ralph, yeah. what do you think, good or bad federal oversight?
4: Bad, bad, bad. Whenever the feds get, in, uh, get involved, it's going to mean disaster and it has total inefficiency. I've never seen a federal agency do anything better than it was before. And what's interesting, we don't need guardians. What what happens or what can be done is if the family disagrees with what or how a, a loved one is being treated, there's what's called mediation or arbitration, and it's usually three lawyers uh, that, you know, listen to the case uh, and they make a decision. So, therefore, it would be far, far cheaper to, for the family simply to go to mediation if they can't agree with what they want done with this person that has a memory problem or something. So, therefore, you don't need these guardians with the temptation of being able to charge for anything they want, and also the fact that there is no contract that is ever written uh, or signed with the guardian and the family that says what this guardian can do or cannot do. And most important is, can that guardian simply take it upon himself or herself to hire as many people as they want and then bill the victim for it? So it's basically the guardian does these things, and the poor family members just assume it's a court Uh, that the court is backing up everything that the guardian does, such as hiring lawyers and care managers and all this other stuff. So, again, there is a simple solution already in place, mediation or arbitration, depending on what state you're in, and that is far, far, far cheaper than having to go through all this technical stuff of having a guardian, having the court appoint a guardian, and so forth and so forth. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask our guess is in, in those laws uh, that are being proposed or whatever, is there anything in there that defines what a evaluation must be to determine incapacitation? Because in Pennsylvania, there are no standards and no requirements as to what an accurate evaluation must be in order to determine incapacitation of a person. Thank you.
2: I did not hear that brought up, and I always think that Reverend Ralph is so on to something when he talks about this. Did you, did Angela or Elena, did you, catch, did you catch anything being spoken about, about the evaluations and how they're going to deem people incapacitated? Because there's a scam I, right there. I did not
3: hear them speak on that. Um,
2: did you, Elena?
0: No, I didn't. No, because I did not hear
3: that brought up. Interesting. Um, because when they, when the psychologist was coming out to, to evaluate my mother, um, he literally said, if she does not allow me to, then I can't do it. And they did not. She did not allow him. She did tell him to leave. He was not able to finish it. But they still put her under guardianship, even though there was no, you know, um, evaluation that was, you know, that was deemed legal for them to do that. Yeah. It sounds like your
2: mom was with it enough that she was like, get out of here. Yes. Correct. She told him to leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: This is Reverend Ralph Ralph again. Sorry for interruption. Uh, One of the things that I uh, figured out because of my 41 years doing lie detection testing was the fact that these psychologists, and there were two of them, two different ones, Ladakis and Ken Carroll, uh, both of them are not and have not been members of the American uh, Psychological Association, and neither one of them were members of the Pennsylvania Psychological Association but both hmm, of those organizations could, could not tell me why not. Now, if they're so experts in what they do, that's just automatically that they'd be members of those uh, organizations. But my, uh, my point is that in neither case did any of them ever audio or videotape their session with my loved person. Now, that's important because especially since they both turned out to be crooks and frauds, uh, the fact is that if they don't videotape or audiotape the sessions with a client, then there is no proof that that evaluation was ever done and whether or not those people ever answered questions or did not answer questions in a certain way. Now, that's important because it's called evidence and these psychologists have this power to be able to determine somebody's future which is usually far worse than where or how they were living so number yeah, 1 how how hard is it to set up a cell phone that everybody has and push video to record the entire session number 2 the reports that they make there's no proof that those reports ever applied to the people they're talking about. It can simply be a cut-and-paste job where they always say the person's 100% incapacitated because they're part of that scam, that racket. So it's just passing along like, oh, yeah, they're incapacitated in that report. Well, that same report could be used for a 1,000 different people. So it is most important, right. and, again, it's the same way with police and their evidence, They have what's called a chain of command, where everyone that takes that evidence has to sign a sheet saying they got that particular piece of evidence. So there's no way anything can be manipulated or changed. But it's most important that these psychologists, if they're going to determine the future of these people, they've got to document and prove that this person did or did not say something a certain way, or did or did not uh, fill out a paper and pencil test, or so forth, in a certain way, because otherwise, just take my word for it, and they're charging thousands of dollars for something that may not have never happened. Thank you.
2: You have a
3: very
4: oh, that good is
2: such uh, yeah, such a great point. That, that was not that, even brought up. No, it wasn't brought
3: up, but it it reminds me so much of the movie. I care a lot. Yeah, because yeah. that's
5: what they,
0: do.
3: they they pass it along. Oh, hey, this person is getting a little older. This person has some money in the bank.
5: hmm And yeah. that's
3: kind of what's happening in our court system. It's kind
2: of sad that it's. I care a lot is so true and so real life. It is, and Netflix actually interviewed many, many, many victims. I I actually got to talk to a producer with Netflix, and my sister and I spent about 50 hours of our time organizing documents, not just our story, but about 20, 25 stories out of Montgomery County, complete with the court records of what has been done in that county, and they – I know we weren't the only ones that they spoke to. I know they spoke to people all across the country. And I really want to thank Netflix for putting that movie out because I really feel that it brought a lot of awareness. And I do believe that because they did interview so many people who are victims in this guardianship scam, that they were pretty spot on except they added a little – what would you call a little Hollywood with like the Russian mobster guy and everything. But I thought it was spot on how they did everything. I mean, one moment this woman's living her life and the next moment she's basically under arrest, forced to be drugged and locked up in a, in a dementia unit. And the only thing that saved her was her son was the Russian mafia. And
0: yeah, and, that and was the guardians stole the
2: diamonds,
3: <laughs> but the
0: guardianship stuff isn't theatrical, and it goes back to what um, Reverend Ralph was saying about the Geneva Connection, um, Convention. Yeah, isolation is a form of torture that prisoners yeah. don't even endure. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous that we're doing this, and it's it's willful it and it's destructive and it's it's. It's just it shows it's you a how... human
2: rights violation. It's an absolute human right. rights violation. It's going yeah. on on a global scale, as Marty has consistently reported, having guests on this show that she's been doing for the last fifteen years, just exposing it country after country after country. And if you Google that company, Icor, I K O R, and I've done it. It's actually this guardianship company where you can open up your own guardianship company you probably team up with the judge and they you know they sell you a franchise and and here you go it's going on it on a global scale but you know as we know just because something is a law doesn't make it moral and we all have to remember that it is a human rights violation what is being done to everybody and one thing that i have thought about as exciting as it is for everyone that there has been a Senate committee and a hearing on this and that it's a topic that's being talked about today. Has that affected your very loved one, Ralph, Reverend Ralph? It probably hasn't because there was a hearing. It's probably not going to make a difference in your loved one's life. And so there needs to be expedient because there's too many victims, too many dead bodies out there, too many who have succumbed to their injuries. Of a abusive guardianship, and so yes, we can celebrate that they did do a hearing, but the answer doesn't seem to be fixing anything in the next week, and people are still suffering. We are excited that there was a hearing. What now? Like, what now? So we've done a hearing. The first time they said they had done a hearing, it was five years ago. So I wondered, why, why did it take five years? How many people died in the last five years in guardianship? Well, yeah, God, we decided to do this another hearing. God,
0: God, one one r- things.
4: Causes Reverend Ralph. uh, I I wanted to point out that last year, the same two senators, Senator Baker and Senator Haywood of Pennsylvania, introduced or wrote uh, SB 1333, which was supposed to deal with guardianship reform. It never got out of committee, which is saying neither the Republicans in the Pennsylvania Senate. Nor the Pennsylvania, or nor the Democrats in the Pennsylvania Senate or the House, none of them thought it was important last year to promote and back Senate Bill 1333 pertaining to guardianship reform. So, again, this year the same two senators, Baker and Haywood, they introduced uh, Senate Bill 506 that supposedly does the same thing. But I think it shows the state of them, the senators and the uh, representatives in Pennsylvania, that last year none of them, Republican or Democrat, none of them cared to promote the bill for guardianship reform. And yet what is the first thing they always talk about? Oh, they want to help the senior citizens. B.S. Thank you.
2: It's because, well, Pennsylvania is such a a hot I mean, it's just such a great place for them to do this crime, because about a third of the population of the state of Pennsylvania is considered elderly, which is a lot higher than some of these other states. Now, of course, Florida is just a hotbed of corruption. That's the Venus flytrap. Basically, come retire here, and they guardianize everybody in Florida. And Mm -hmm. so where you have a large elderly population, you're going to see more of these predators, because they're... You know, it's like flies on crap. They can go feeding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's disgusting.
0: Right, well, it what, is
2: disgusting. What
3: I found interesting, too, the very first thing that Bob Casey talks about is all the millions of dollars that they, they want to have for this reform. And that, that's what I think is going on is that they're requesting all this money so they can do whatever they want to do with this money. So I think that's part of the reform is that it's a money-making, you know, asking for millions for their particular committee.
0: Well, and one thing I yeah, – yeah. thank you, Nancy, for pointing that out. But one other thing I wanted to point out too, cause is that I didn't actually write in to the Senate Committee on Aging or Bob Casey about my situation with this because – I've already talked about Casey's office. Like we've talked to them at length and they mm-hmm. didn't give a crap. Yeah. And I think they're using. He, ha- he never I, has. No, he never has. And I believe that he's using what we've written in as his statements to be like compassionate or whatever. Like I think they yeah. use this, they use us against each other. Like I don't know if that makes sense, but they use what we're saying to them as a way to show that they're compassionate and it's, It's bullcrap because Bob Casey could care less when I went to him. We went to him, not just me, but we went to him as a group years ago. And That's the same with the Pennsylvania group, and they don't care. As a matter of fact, fact, I don't want to mention any names, but they were mentioning how they were affiliated with the hog, a hog, you know, I mean, <laughs> Matt disgusted me. They were trying to say we should structure ourselves like this, this group and this person. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, my god, That means nothing. It doesn't matter. What matters is the crux of the issue. That means nothing, you know. And that's why I, like, I don't like making fun of people or disparaging people. I really don't. But that's one thing where I really don't even care because I think, And I know other people think otherwise, but I think he's a force against us. I think he's working with these political enemies against us and getting information for them. And they're getting information against us. And I guess that's why my point is, is why I didn't send anything in. But I think I'm going to send something in to Jim Jordan and J.D. Vance. Yeah. um, I I think
5: that's
2: a great idea. I know a lot of people that I spoke to feared sending in anything because they felt it was going to be on the record and it could be used against them. And so they did fear. Speaking of the hog, I mean, where was he? We didn't see any hogs. I mean, I have got to think the hog was so upset that the hog wasn't chosen To be a speaker, you know what? That is a positive thing about this committee hearing that we didn't have to look at that hog mug.
0: I'll say that amen. Oh my gosh!
2: Because he's been hog
0: for a long time. I know that
2: we know. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh
3: my gosh!
0: So thank God he was no. And I, I kind of think it might have been intentional. Might have been intentional. Intentional play, you know. That they didn't
2: have the hog. The mm-hmm. hog's gone wild, I bet. The hog is probably like, oh my goodness, the hog is just wild that the hog's face wasn't on there doing the presentation. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, there was, hog. was the well, hogs. The hogs are always out center. there.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, why doesn't well, the agenda hog... agenda of why he wasn't. That's my point. There's an well, agenda of why he wasn't. Because well, you know, the hog
2: well, should run for office if the hog wants to be Mister Mister Important. The hog should run for for Senate and wherever he lives, you know, and
0: get elected in. That's what the hog should try and do. Good luck, right. hog. but I I don't know. I <laughs> think he's been so exposed. I I the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I see that he's been exposed, and people are realizing what he's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> <Sound> she, <laughs> I found I I found the sign sound effect. Okay. Oh, it's like Marty put a little uh-huh. oink sound effect, and I just found it. Oh my goodness! Isn't that the cutest little oink? When we would do what our hog reports, it's oink. like we just did a ho- we just did a hog report. Oh my goodness! This <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, and um, because so sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we just got to, we have to have fun. You know, this is a very, this is a very deep, awful topic. And sometimes right. you just have to, you know, we got to have mm-hmm. and let you let it cut loose a little bit and oink. Yes, I think you do.
3: And I think that's important. I, I wanted to talk a little about that too. You know, we really need to um, focus in about our inner peace. Peace is real important yeah. through all of, this. because you know how it affects. You know, Reverend, I'm sure it affects you that, the same way. It like gets to the core of you. I mean, you're, you're seeing your mm-hmm. loved ones and they want to be with you so very much, and you yeah. see how you're tearing them apart and it tears you apart. But I, I wanted to just speak a little bit about peace because peace is a real important. You know, there's, there's a few things in life that we really seek for, and that's love and peace. And peace is something that comes to from our inner self oh. and realize yes. in our inner selves we are doing what is right, what is good, mm-hmm. what is wholesome what is honest, what is, you know, faithful to our loved ones. And that we need to, you know, look into our inner selves and realize that we have peace that they cannot have. They can't have the peace when they're doing no. something that is evil and wrong and hurtful and destructive. They can't have that kind of peace. So I just want to encourage people that are listening, that you do have that, you know the the substance of being able to have that peace and look inside yourself and know that you are um, able to do that and able to have yeah. that kind of peace they can't have. So that you know was what my little- we have
2: a call, we have a caller, and we only have oh. about three and a half minutes. But let's see, we have a caller. Let's see if we can get them through. We got three minutes. Let's see. This could be. This could add to our last conversation. I think we're going to have to come back. Area code 773, you're live and on the air.
5: Yes, hello. This is Aldona. Good, good evening, everybody. Thank oh, you for good great Good evening, time. Aldona. Oh, yeah.
0: oh.
5: Yes, I come would like to go. add That something is wrong with the American system because our parents live all life and they have uh, uh, United, uh, american system it's not ge- it's not allowing them being old and like my mom was taken from through hospital, so my mom needed medical help and they took her uh, like she would be their privacy and uh, so this is wrong uh, I think we have to reform the hospitals uh, what they're doing. Also, when they did evaluation on my mom, my mom was completely unconscious on medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on her ah. unconsciousness, mm-hmm. uh, in nursing home, they put in the papers that my mom couldn't answer on any of the questions. Doctor mm-hmm. oh signed my the gosh. papers. And that's how they getting the person. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had same wow. day visit. So, Attorney at Lightham had visit with my mom morning. And we had afternoon, and my mom was whole day, because she had broken hip. They broke my mom's hip, so my mom was unconscious. And also, I would like to add it for Revlin Ralph, we were giving my mom sweets every visit, and she never got it. They gave us three months later every sweet that we gave her. And attorney contacted us that that we're giving my mom yeah. food, we're bringing. So it was like a joke that uh, we were giving, bringing food for mom, and and she never got it. These wow. people are professional killers, and Eshkoviak is is hearing the uh, the show. Uh, you know what are you are yeah. doing? And I'm ashamed because your last name is Polish, and I'm Polish, and I think your grandparents came to this country. Uh, survive World War II but you're stealing money from other people and it's shame on you and I believe what Revelyn said your daughter someday will figure out your uh, your, uh, your basically um, how you make the money I'm sorry I'm kind of <laughs> emotional no. about it yeah this has been a great show we've got about 30 seconds left
2: we definitely have to have Everyone here, and Aldona, we would love to have you join us. You are so amazing, such a great advocate, and to hear your point of view from other, from another country on how elderly should be treated because we don't know. us. We live in the United States. This is all we know. But anyway, with that, we're going to say good night to everybody. Everyone say good night. We will not Thank be on next Friday for night. the holiday. But we will see you in two weeks. Good night, everybody. Good
5: night. night. Love you. Love y'all.